want the money. I want the title. And I can get it because I'm already doing the work. You've thought it. Now it's time to actually believe it. You're listening to Her Next Career Move, the safe space where you'll learn how to stop your mind from career blocking you so you can claim the wealth and work you deserve. I'm Dr. Jasmine Escalera, a career-minded Latina turned Forbes featured coach, and I'm ready to have some candid conversations about how you can build the confidence to step into the career you know you deserve. All right, now let's get going. Hey, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Her Next Career Move. And I have to tell you that today is a special day because I have an amazing guest expert on with me, and she is going to be celebrating the fact that today we hit 10,000 downloads. (laughs) (laughs) She is back there giving us all that love. And I have to tell you that we're celebrating 10,000 downloads, but there's a special story about this guest. So Naomi, I want you to come on and I have to tell a special story about you because there's something that you did that actually changed the course of my life. <laughs> no way. And you're just hitting hitting me with this, like no warning, no nothing. Yep. I thought the best way to tell you about it would be to do it this way on a <laughs> podcast episode with no warning. So yes, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Hit me. So I have to tell you that um, a few weeks before I left to Miami, we went to brunch together. And you sat across from me and you listened to me talk about how I feel so alone and I have no support in this journey as an entrepreneur. And you looked me dead in the face and you did something that not many people in my life have ever done. You challenged my thought and you actually (laughs) said to me, do you really believe that you have no one to help you? And I don't know if you know how impactful that moment was and how it changed the course of every single moment for me when that thought comes up. And since then, I have asked so many people for help, even in these last few weeks when I've had some really down low challenging moments. So I just have to say thank you. Wow, you're welcome. I know you cried a little and I was like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I am a daily crier. I cried yesterday when I was in Soul Cycles. So, you know. Oh, yes. We do. I think every time we go to brunch or lunch, like we both, you've, I've cried too. So I'm so happy that was impactful. I knew there were so many big, things coming up for you, so many exciting things. And that's like a very lonely thought. Um, And I only asked you that thought because I had to, I think it was in a book that I read. I had to ask myself that thought too. And it was life-changing for me as well. So I'm so glad that it just changed the trajectory of thinking, especially when you had such a big move coming up. Yeah, it really, it it was an impactful moment in my life and something that I will always remember because growing up as a Latina and the projects, growing up with really strong, empowered parents, you know the story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is very difficult to acknowledge when you need help and even harder to seek that help out. So I just loved how you helped me to change that narrative. And uh, yeah, I did some hard things in the in the months after that, going to people and asking for help in many different ways that I know I would never have done had we not had that brunch. So yes, thank you so much. Wow. You're welcome. You're welcome. And so today is a special day. We have hit our 10,000 downloads and it's a special episode because we're talking about a topic that I just love to talk about, which is how do we keep ourselves healthy mentally, emotionally, and spiritually in the workplace? And I thought no one else could talk about this topic than you. So I'm so happy that you're here. But give give us the intro. Tell us a little bit about you, what you do, 
and your business because I I need everyone to hear the greatness. Yes. Thank you so much for having me here. I am so grateful when you reached out. I was like very honored. So thank you. I just wanted to start there. Um, Hi, everybody. My name is Naomi Jerez. I am a food and health coach for women of color. I am a mom of two boys. I am Dominicana and grew up in the Bronx. And I had a corporate career for 12 years. I worked in four different companies. And for the past three years, I've been an entrepreneur as a food and health coach. And I help women of color take back control of their nutrition, start feeling energized and well again, reversing and preventing disease, losing weight without the dieting and restriction, all while living your best life. I want you to have fun and also take your health into account. That's a little bit about me. I love that. I love the taking your health into account, but still having fun because I seriously, the reason why I work out at CrossFit and I work out as hard as I do is so I can eat and drink (laughs) wine freely. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And I love your, you are like on Instagram talking about food in a way that is so open, but also relatable. So as a Latina myself, you know, I grew up with some damn good food. Yeah. But probably not the healthiest. (laughs) (laughs) So I love your approach to eating where you really talk about how to keep your culture and the food that you love, but even do it in healthier ways. And I remember- You had a, an arroz con gandules uh, mm-hmm. recipe in a book that was published, correct? Yes, correct. I love it. That's so dope. So you help women really truly develop their wellness, but you have a corporate career and a corporate background, which is so great and so dope. And I have to say, not a lot of companies are focusing on wellness in the workplace. So I think it's really up to us to identify what it is that we need around wellness and find the right organizations and companies for us. And we're going to dive into that. But I really want to know what inspired you to create this business? Were there any particular life circumstances, anything that happened to you along your wellness journey that inspired you to start your business? Yes, it's exactly that. It is a lot of things that happened to me. I'm going to try and keep this to the Cliff Notes version because we'll be here just with the whole story. Um, So as as I said in the beginning, I'm a mom of two. And after I had my second son, I just felt very lost. I had gained a lot of weight during my pregnancy. And I had my two boys back to back, like they're two years apart. And I just was not feeling like, you know, sassy anymore. And I just wanted to figure it out. And it wasn't just about like the waking, like, y'all, there's like no sleep. There's a lot of, um, I was back at work. So I was commuting for long hours and it was just very exhausting. So I decided, you know, as a Latina, right, my family members gave me the faja. And my kid was born in June, y'all. And I was like, how in the world am I going to wear this faja where I feel like a sausage and I can't breathe with shorts or like in the middle of the summertime? I was like, this is not sustainable. Like, yeah, it can help me heal from my C-section, but I don't want to have to rely on this for the rest of my life. So that was one. And then two, I was like, I am not dieting because I love food so much. Like I can't do restrictions. So I decided that And this was after a lot of crying, y'all, like crying in the dressing room, crying and trying to figure it out. So I said, you know, I'm just going to start going to the gym. There was this local gym that I followed. I bought a Groupon and I finally decided to use it. That was one. And then a few months later, my company at the time had, they sent this like random email to some people at the company. Nobody ever saw the email, I guess, but me where they said that you can have access to a nutritionist through an app. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I know a lot about food already, but maybe I can learn something. So I joined and that ended up changing 
my life because I literally had this woman who was a nutritionist as my best friend. I never met her in person or even saw her face. Um, It was just all through texting. But on the app, I uploaded every single thing that I ate and I was able to chat with her in this little box and she would give me feedback. And I started to really learn about what I was eating and I would ask her a ton of questions. So long story short, I worked with her for two years on this app. I ended up losing 50 pounds. It was not my goal. I just wanted to, I don't know, feel better in my skin. I did not have a specific goal. And after a year, I ended up losing 50 pounds, which was great. But I was like, you know what? Everybody loses weight and then everybody gains the weight back. So I'm not even going to be too attached for this. I'll enjoy it for now. The second year came and I was the same and I was living my best life. Like I had two little kids, a long commute, my home husband, all these things going on. I was traveling, going to restaurants, like doing the things I love to do. And I was still able to maintain it. And that's when it hit me. I was like, why do women in our community not know about food? Why are we not taught this? Why are we taught how to live a lifestyle in this way that's sustainable, that gets them the goal that they want, that they feel good, not like totally depleted and exhausted? And that's when I thought that it was my responsibility to help women in our community live in this way and teach them the tools that I had learned. So that was like the seed of my business where it started. Oh my gosh, I love your story. And I totally agree with it 100%. I mean, I wish that family members of mine, and even when I was young, I remember you know, eating things that just didn't even make me feel good. Like they tasted good, yes, but they didn't make me feel good after. And now that I'm older learning about, you know, how important it is to eat vegetables, you know, like how to incorporate these things into your diet, it changes the way you feel each and every day. And there's so many gems that you drop, so many wins that you shared for yourself personally. And what I took from that entire conversation, as well as the wins, is fajas are just unsustainable. They are. (laughs) (laughs) They are. Like, how are you going to wear that weight bathing suit, girl? Fajas are just not sustainable. And I have to tell you that I remember when um, I wore a faja once in my life and I, it was this silk dress that I was wearing and I didn't want to like show my belly button or any, you know, rolls. So I wore a faja and I was like, I am never going to wear this again. It was like a freaking torture device. Yes. Oh my gosh, I can't. But you shared tons of your personal wins. I want to ask you, what are some of your biggest client wins and client transformations? Share those with us because I see them on Instagram and I'm (laughs) like, oh my God, this is amazing. You're transforming lives. Yeah. My clients are very dedicated and hard workers and they're all amazing. And some of the things that they've done, like just some is They've reversed their pre-diabetes. They've lost over 30 pounds sustainably eating what they enjoy. They've improved their gut health and lowered their Hashimoto's antibodies numbers. So that means that their autoimmune condition has kind of gone into a little bit of a, like it has receded, it has died down a little bit. Um, They've improved their quality of their sleep and people don't realize how important this is the quality of your sleep. Um, They've lowered their cholesterol. So it's just, they've advocated for themselves at the doctor's office. They've gone and done their blood work and like really get to know themselves. Their confidence has improved. So it's just so many wonderful things that my clients have done. I love that. And actually, I love how you talk about just being able to also support your health in so many different ways that aren't just about weight, right? Because as women, we put ourselves out there and it's always, you know, we have to look a certain way. We have to, you know, be skinny or have a certain waist size. And I love how you're talking about health overall. And my sister actually has lupus. And so I can understand completely the autoimmune side of this where it's so incredibly important to be so conscientious when you have an autoimmune disease of what you're eating, what you're putting in your body, because it can trigger inflammation. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And a lot of like, these are just bigger things, but imagine a life where you just are not bloated and you can use the bathroom well, and you have more energy. Like these little things are often taken for granted. And it's some of the first changes that my clients do start to notice. I love that. I love that. So we have to dive into the career wellness side of this because we want all of your tips on how to really be able to stay well emotionally, mentally, spiritually in the workplace. So I was just doing a deep dive preparing for this conversation and I came across some really disturbing stats. And I wanted to share them with you and get your thoughts on this because this is this is pretty intense. So I was reading that, you know, just about burnout in the workplace. And I was reading that women and women of color are experiencing burnout at just alarming rates right now. And in fact, there was a recent study that stated that women are 32% more likely to experience burnout than men. And the stats are actually significantly higher for women of color with 88% of black women reporting they experience burnout in the workplace. So what are your thoughts on this? Because this is this is intense here. We have women and we have women of color experiencing immense levels of burnout. And we know that the impact of that really is detrimental to our souls, our spirits, our our minds. So tell me, what do you think about these stats? I think they're very, very sad and they're very, very, they sound accurate. Um, I think that a, a lot of the consultations calls I have and a lot of the women that I speak to on the top of their list for them is career as a stressor. It is really impacting the health of women of color. And it's something that I'm starting to realize more and more. And I think that something should be done about it. And it's just so many layers. Like I think that in our communities, we're under-resourced. For example, like when I was in corporate, my colleagues had like nannies and they had other resources that I didn't necessarily have. So I was more immensely. I mean, I felt like I was more stressed out because I was always rushing from one place to another. I had to drop off my kids at daycare instead of a nanny coming over to my house. That means I didn't really have time to get a workout in in the morning like they did, or I had to rush out and pick up my kids from daycare by a specific time instead of having a nanny there or some other resources that might be available to them then not necessarily so far community. And another thing I see too is that oftentimes we're the first ones in the workplace. Like we don't have family members, an aunt, a parent, somebody who could guide us into the journey, into corporate. So we kind of have to figure everything out on our own. Um, and that's very stressful too. So there's, I think, so many layers of stress that goes on. And let's not even get into microaggressions, okay? <laughs> and trying to make pretend like you're not yourself at work. So this multi-layered, multi-dimensional reasons why there's burnout happening in the workplace. Absolutely. And I love how you talked about your clients specifically and you as well being a mom, you know, having to juggle not just being a career woman, not just being a woman in general, which I think is hard yeah. as it is, but also layering onto that just the additional responsibilities you have as a mom, as a partner as a career woman. And it really makes me think about a podcast episode recently that I had with another guest, Latoya, where she she talked about burnout. And we talked about this superwoman complex. And neither one of us are moms. Here you are as a mom. We both were like, F this, get rid of this superwoman BS, burn the cape, throw it away. What are your thoughts on the superwoman where it's like you have to be the best mom, the best partner, the best career woman, and somehow seem to juggle it all? Yeah. People like, I've been asked that, like, how do you do it all? But I don't. Um, that's one. And two, I, I did want to address women who do not have children because I think that 
they also experience the other end of it. And it's like, oh, but you don't have kids, so you can take on extra work. And it's like, no, (laughs) that's not the case either. Like you're expected to do more just because you don't have children, which I think is very unfair. So it's just like all around um, unhealthy boundaries in one way or another with work. And this whole superwoman thing, like we need to start letting that go. I think it's hurting us more than anything else. And we want everything to be perfect. And I think a lot of it too is like culturally, like growing up, you're told like, if you're going to do something, do it right. Or women are not allowed to be tired or exhausted, or you just need to push through. And let's not even mention menstrual cycles, which I was talking to with one of my clients today. And she was saying, how she has never even thought about bringing her menstrual cycle and seeing how her body's feeling and how her energy is doing because you're taught to just push through. It doesn't matter how you're feeling. Like you just get your stuff done no matter what your energy levels are. So it's hard to ask for help. It's hard to see where you might need help, but it's coming at a cost. Like all of this comes at a cost. And most of the time it's your health that you're paying with because of exhaustion and like being very stressed out and then burnt out and all that. And because you're a woman, sometimes they're like, oh, but you know, you're so strong. You can do it all. And I agree with you and Latoya, like after that, like we're human. We need to rest. We need help. The way that this society is built right now is not conducive to allow that or to allow that in a way that doesn't include like guilt and shame, you know? Absolutely. The guilt and the shame part is is a big one because I think that you get that from a lot of different angles. And thank you so much for bringing in the women who don't have children like myself, because sometimes I feel like because people, and this used to happen to me in the workplace, because people knew that I didn't have kids, they somehow thought that I should work more or harder. And so I think it's, I really truly feel for women, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are, it's just hard. It's hard and the expectations are massive. And so not only are those there are those external factors, but then you mentioned it, the guilt and the shame. So then we guilt ourselves into thinking we have to do more and we shame our, ourselves into having to think that we need to do more care for others. And it's just a vicious cycle. Absolutely. I agree with that. It's like there's no win-win. <laughs> Not for us. No. <laughs> like, but we can we can win by putting ourselves first. And yes. you're going to be talking about some real legit tips on how we can do just that. So I want to ask you, continuing on the topic of burnout, what are the health effects of burnout? What have you seen? What have your clients seen in terms of mental, emotional, physical wellness and burnout? Yeah. So it's all around, like you mentioned, it's it's all consuming, whether you realize it or not. Number one, you're probably always in a very heightened stress response. So you have high cortisol levels going on all the time. Um, a lot of women tend to not eat at all because they're so busy and they're very stressed and they don't find the time to actually eat a meal. So that affects your immune system, all this going on. So I noticed a lot that people would get really sick all the time. Like they would be out for a week or two weeks with the flu and then a cold and then this and that. And because being under high stress and having high cortisol all the time really affects your immune system. It affects your fertility, your menstrual cycle, Uh, it brings on depression and fatigue where you're just too exhausted to get out of bed or to think of doing anything else. And you can really also lean into very unhealthy coping mechanisms because it's just too much. And at least for me, like I'll speak personally for me, like I didn't really know what other coping mechanisms there were. Like what I grew up seeing is that people would have a drink or they would smoke or, you know, like they would smoke weed or cigarettes and things like that. And it's okay, but 
to do this long term, you know, like you really want to develop something that's a little bit more sustainable and healthier, and it's not also going to be impacting your health. So there's many factors that go into this what happens to your body when you are in a burnout state. And then it's not from one day to the next, like, oh, I'm really burnt out today and I'm going to take a day off and tomorrow I'm not going to be burnt out anymore. Like it just takes your body a while to recover from those things. Absolutely. And I'm glad you talked about the unhealthy coping mechanisms. Well, they all, they're all they're all bad things. We should be eating. We should be taking care of ourselves. But same with me in in my family, in my culture, in my community, there was a lot of unhealthy coping with stress, with trauma, with all of the things that communities of color deal with. And so I'm happy that you brought that up because for me, and this is kind of leaning into my next conversation with you, I, when I was working in a toxic work environment, I actually started to realize that I was developing an alcohol problem because I couldn't figure out the right way to cope with the stress and to cope with the just terrible work conditions I was under. And so I noticed that every day I was going home and I was saying, damn it, I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to you know, let it pop into my head. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to have a drink. And I started to realize I was developing an alcohol problem all caused by toxic workplace. Yeah. I think for me, I was really hurting my relationship because I would come home and I would just complain and cry and be very angry, right? So it affects many different aspects. Like I would just take it all out at home. That's not healthy either. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And so I do want to ask you, what if we are in toxic workplaces? How do we actually prioritize our health, our wellness, our spiritual well-being in that kind of environment? Do you have any tips for what we could do to really be able to be in these toxic work environments? Because sometimes we are transitioning out, but still need to pay our bills and be in them. What do you suggest there? Yeah, that's a great question because number one is like create an exit plan if it is really this toxic, right? Because it's not sustainable long-term to be there. But in the event that you do still need to be there for some time, I would recommend number one, taking advantage of your PTO. I know that companies have different policies when it comes to this. My company, the last one I worked for had unlimited PTO. Um, You know, sometimes that's like not exactly true, but the point is that I started taking a day off month. I didn't know what I was going to use it for. Uh, I just made sure to schedule a day off, whether it was a Friday or a Monday, so I can have more of an extended weekend. And I would just take care of myself. Like I would go get a haircut in the middle of the day, go get a mani-pedi. One time I went and I got a tattoo. Like just do something for yourself where you're not in the workplace and you give yourself this break aside from Monday, I mean, Saturday and Sunday, because, you know, a lot of times we don't even get downtime on those days because we have like chores to do or errands to run. So we're not really tending to ourselves there either. Another thing is to actually take your lunch break. And if you can, I would really encourage you to step outside and go for a walk and get some fresh air. I would do this often where I would eat my lunch and then I would go out and take a walk somewhere. I would just walk endlessly to some street and then do a U-turn and turn around. That way you're getting a break in the middle of the day from this. And do other activities that bring you joy. Don't, don't lean on your job to provide everything for you. Kind of like a relationship, right? So do other things that will bring joy in your life and connect with friends, go out into an activity, join some volunteer groups, like pick something or try different things until you find what works for you and try and engage in those activities so that you kind of create more of a balance in your life. And you're not just like getting the life sucked out of you by this job. Like you have other things to look forward to. 
Absolutely. I love that looking for joy in other areas of your life because I find that joy, no matter what spills over, even if it's just getting you to neutral in your workplace so that you just don't hate it as much, which can really be alleviating for sure. And I love that you said, take your PTO. I actually have a client of mine right now who's in a job search, but she's currently working. She's having the time of her damn life, taking every PTO day. And every time she puts in a PTO day, she'll tell me about it. And she'll say, well, I'm using them because I'm not going to be here for much longer. So I've got to use my PTO. And I'm like, hell yes, that's the right mindset to have. So 100% agree with that. But okay, again, You dropped something in here that I have to ask. So you took a day off of work and got a tattoo. Yes, ma'am. So we, I I need the deets. So what's the (laughs) tattoo? Is it something you can share with us? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And just to drop this in here too, I do recommend this, even if you're not in a toxic work environment. I just, one of my clients, she is going through a very stressful transition at work. And I was like, why don't you just take a day to just chill in your house? Like, go do some face masks, go wash your hair, like, I don't know, swim in your pool, do whatever it is that you want to do instead of like sitting there and doing chores. And she sent me a photo of her just, she's in California, so <laughs> in LA, she sent me a photo of her just lounging on a chair with her dog. And I'm like, look at that. I'm like, how are you feeling? She's like, amazing. I'm like, girl, you need to take these days. But yes. So my tattoo, I was like, oh, I want a tattoo for my birthday. So I took a day off and then I got a little tattoo that represents my kids. They're both born in June. So it's like the June flower. And then it has like Frida Kahlo, like the rose, the flower crown that she normally wore. That's over it. And then my older son He's always like a little crab. So I have a little crab and then my little one is like a little bowl. So there's like a little bowl, a crab, a flower. It just sounds weird describing it, but <laughs> I like some flowers on top. So we that might was what need, I did. We might need to see a picture of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll share a photo. It's on my shoulder. So it's not like a weird place. I love it. I love it. And I love that it represents your boys. Oh my God, that's so cute. Uh, I love these tips on toxic workplaces. I love how we're talking about job seekers. One of the things I really love to do with my job seekers is I like to play this game called not job searching, but company searching. Because for women of color, it is essential that we don't just have a job we enjoy, but we are in a company where we can truly be our most confident, successful, empowered selves and have all of the resources we need to thrive. I am a quitter and I want you to be one too. Join the Professional Quitters, my exclusive group coaching program and community for women of color job seekers who are ready to hand in their resignation letters, quit the careers, jobs, and companies that are not aligned with their goals and values and start making up to 50% more in their new paycheck. I want to teach you the foundations of quitting, and it starts with that new job. Get more info on the Professional Quitters group coaching program by clicking the link in the show notes. It's going to feel damn good when you finally quit. So let's get you there. And so I would love to know for the job seekers out there, do you have any specific questions that you would recommend they ask during interviews or networking chats to make sure that the company that they step into next actually puts wellness first? You know, I have to think about this question because I have not interviewed in like eight years. (laughs) So I'm like, what would I ask? Because it is a great question. So I think going off of the same vein, I would ask about the PTO, like what's their policy? Do people normally take them? What's like the energy behind it? Because, you know, some people, like some companies do have PTO, but it's like a stigma, like it's there for decoration. And like, you don't want it there for decoration. You want to actually use your PTO. 
I would also ask about lunchtime and what's the vibe around that. Are people expected to just work through their lunch? Do they have lunch meetings all the time? Like what's the vibe around that? Because you definitely need a break in the middle of the day or at some point throughout the day. Like you have to eat, please eat. And it's nice if you go out and take a, take a walk, get some fresh air, depending on where you're working, right? Even me, like I'm in New York, I would go out in winter and I would take walks. Like it was just really good for my mental health. Another thing that I see, especially going on with my clients now is not respecting calendar times. So I would ask like if there's a day where there's no meetings, like I know some big companies now are doing like no meeting Fridays so that you actually get to catch up on your work or is time blocked off respected on your calendar? Um, what is the vibe around meetings? Like, is, is that something that's going on all the time? So I would just ask more or less like what the vibe is around that and what the deal is with now work from home culture, because companies are shifting back and forth. And there's like a great difference between wanting you to be in the office, wanting you not to be in the office and just like really being micromanaged. I think I quit my job like two weeks before the world shut down for COVID. So in this post COVID environment, I'm not sure what the, what the like culture is shifting to between work from home, being in the office, being micromanaged and all that. But I do still see my clients being under high stress, um, even if they are working from home. What have you been seeing, Jasmine? I'm curious. What are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, it's a great thing. You know, it's a great topic because a lot of my clients have had the opportunity to do work from home. And because they are women of color, they actually feel like they're more successful working from home, having almost kind of a buffer between the micromanagement, the microaggressions, things that might have been happening in the workplace beforehand. And it's just easier for them to manage and juggle being a working mom or a working woman and a partner and all of these other things that we talked about earlier were expected to be. So I feel like from the from our side, from the employee side, we really are looking for organizations and companies to continue to propagate work from home or at least flexible schedules. But depending on the industry, it seems like there's a massive pushback on that, pushback on companies to get everybody back into the workplace, which I don't really understand. So I love how you're talking about ask those questions about schedules, ask those questions about expectations, and make sure that you really think about what's suitable to me and what is it that I need to be able to be the most successful version of myself both inside and outside of my job. Yeah, absolutely. It might not seem like a big deal, but it is a big deal when the culture is just everyone's expected to be at your desk, like through lunch, you know, that you need a break and you need to eat. Um, and it's unrealistic. You also need to move a little. So just being at your desk the whole day is just not conducive to mental health and physical health. Absolutely. 110%. And so thinking about this from the side of I'm okay. Okay. I'm already in a company now. So we're already working for a company, but my company doesn't have wellness programs or even you were talking about your company offering an app to help you get access to a nutritionist. What if your company doesn't have these things? What should you do and how can you actually seek company support for more wellness programs or things that could just help you be a better version of you at work? Yeah. So maybe finding what resources are available first. I find that even if companies have wellness programs, they're not very well promoted. They're not very well advertised or encouraged for people to join. So that's one, just doing some research and seeing what's available. They usually have some sort of discounts for gyms, or maybe they do have a group going or some resources, but again, it's not promoted at all. So that's one. Two, I'm assuming it would be the HR department that you would go speak to, to see how open they would be about including something like this for the company. 
If they're not very receptive, I would say maybe there's a group of you and a few of your colleagues that want to hold each other accountable for whatever challenge, whether it's like steps or making sure that you all have lunch, like actually take your lunch every day, or you become walking buddies and you go out for a walk with them. So you can create these. I know in my uh, last company, we used to use Slack and you were able to create channels and you were able to invite people to them. So maybe it's something that you start and that's your initiative, right? And the last thing I would say is, I think that all these these extra things, right, are like cherry on top. So really, if they are not being supportive, as in your company, if they're not being supportive, if they're not open to it, if none of your coworkers want to do it, or is very short-lived, then look for an outside source. Like, don't give up. Don't lean on just your company or just your colleagues. There are many groups out here now that that's their focus. And to be quite honest, when I was on my journey, I was alone. Basically it was me and like my phantom nutritionist on this app and the gym I would go to once a week. Uh, but I didn't really have a community that I could speak to. Um, and that's what I tried to create for my own clients and on Instagram and for our community, because it can be very intimidating and very lonely. And you don't even know if that's part of the journey or not. So I would encourage you to ask and see what's around, try and start your new thing. But obviously like maybe you don't want something else on your plate, but just get curious and see what's out there because maybe you'll find what you need or your company might be open to If there's interest, right, if other people are interested as well, bringing in something, a program or something like that from the outside. I love that. It's really about owning what you want to do and change in your life and career. So if there's something that you want to do, check out the resources. And yeah, definitely start with HR. Check out the resources, but also own your journey. Own your journey and own what you need and make it happen for yourself too. Yep, absolutely. I was just coaching one of my um, clients today because she's like, oh, I'm going to reach out to my friend. We would always go together to try new workout classes or this. And I told her, I said, I want you to think of your friend as the cherry on top. If your friend can make it with you, that's the cherry on top. You get to hang out with your friend. You get to experience this together. But oftentimes what happens is that when you rely on another person, they have their own challenges. They have their own energy levels and all that. So let's say you're ready to go and you're really excited. And then your friend is like, Oh, like I don't feel well, I can't. And then it dampens your mood. Right? So I want you to make that decision for yourself. Like you are going to do X, Y, Z for your health for you. And if you have company along the way, that is the cherry on top. I love that. I think of my friends as the cherry on top too. So I, I really, I think that's adorable. I love that. So yeah, do it for you. And the cherry on top is all the people that get to come along the way. So that's awesome. So Naomi, this has been fantastic. I have one last question that I love to ask everyone at the end of the podcast. I would like to ask you, you know, I think about this a lot. Myself as the younger career version of me, all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and then getting smacked in the face with the (laughs) real world. So I would love to know if you could go back to your younger career self, what's a piece of advice that you would give to her based on this topic or not, just in general? Oh, man. I would let her know, even though I think I was pretty okay with this myself, but a lot of my colleagues were not. And it was that you can't sacrifice your health for these jobs, for a job. Like you, you must find a balance and balance is not like, uh, I don't, I guess I don't want to use balance because then I think it gives the wrong perception of what it should be, but just the flow, know that you need caring for, and that there are boundaries that you need to have with your job in order to care for yourself. Because when you're young, you get to like handle things better in terms of your health. But as you get older and life keeps lifing and things become more stressful, it will 
take over your life. And you don't want that to be the case because you want to live a life full of joy for yourself. Yes, work is a part of it. But even as an entrepreneur, like any job that you're in, you want to create boundaries around it so that you are caring for yourself. And it's not, um, I feel like sometimes when we do that, it's like, oh, I'm being so lazy or I'm taking time away from this, all this. Like, no, you're, you're the most valuable asset here. If you're not well, then you can't do your job. You can't show up for work and you can't show up for those who you love. So it's actually the best thing you can do for your job to care for yourself and everybody else. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. It's almost kind of uh, always we use that analogy of put your oxygen mask on Mm -hmm. first. But it is really true that the more you pour into yourself, the better you can pour into others. Um, And I love how you said not necessarily balance, but flow. I've been thinking a lot about that as well, that, you know, balance can almost sort of be stagnant, whereas Mm -hmm. flow truly is you're flowing with just the natural flow of life and what's going on. And you just have that better flexibility. So I I do love that idea and concept of let it flow. Yeah, absolutely. Flowing is best because it allows for flexibility and life circumstances to happen. And another thing I wish somebody would have told me or like I would have done or I would even know it was a resource is to hire a career coach because I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to negotiate my offer letter. I didn't know how to prepare for my yearly reviews. I didn't know, like, I didn't know any of these things. And I think I got very lucky in, in my path and with some people that I knew, but I just wonder what it would have been like if I actually had support from somebody who knew how to run that business, you know, the business of being in corporate America. Absolutely. And, you know, it's hard. I always tell my clients this. The corporate world and the work world was built by and for white men to be successful and succeed. That's just the God honest truth. There is all truth in that. And so for us to try to navigate it and figure it out alone, it's going to be really hard. And there are many of us that can still do it. But it's going to be really hard. And so it's essential for us, even if it isn't just a coach, to develop a professional community around us of supporters who can help us navigate this journey that we're not, (laughs) we weren't meant to be successful in because it wasn't created by or for us. Yep, absolutely. I think that's essential. Uh, I think it would have saved me a lot of headaches and just how to be in these places and how to be myself in these places, because I think it can be a bit of a culture shock too, especially as a woman of like being probably the only woman of color, you know, how, I don't know, like for me, it was very difficult because I was the only woman of color and I would act as my culture dictated, like, oh, you know, you just keep your head down and you work really hard and they'll notice your good hard work and then you'll get places. And that's kind of like bull crap, you know, like that did not happen. That's not the strategy that works in corporate America, you know? So I don't know. I think it's good to have someone, someone, as you said, who's maybe a few years down the road or can help guide you in these circumstances. It will save probably a, a lot of stress, save you a lot of stress. Absolutely. And yeah, you're, you're right. You know, I was, I had that same mentality as well of, you know, head down, get the work done. That is the Latino culture right there. (laughs) For real though. And many other cultures, many others as well. So thank you so much, Naomi, for this amazing conversation. You dropped so many gems. How can our listeners get in contact with you or even work with you? Yes, please come and hang out on my Instagram. It's at Naomi Jerez, N-A-I-H-O-M-Y-J-E-R-E-Z. My website is also NaomiJerez.com. There you can find some free resources. There is a workshop, a training on how to eat with confidence. And there's also a 
handout that you can just have digitally on how to lose weight without dieting. And to work with me, you are invited to book a consultation. I do one-on-one food and health coaching for six months where you are open and able to get these wonderful results that my clients have gotten as well and get your uh, health back on track forever in a sustainable way. I love that. And I I do. I said this in the beginning. I love following you because you make you make food that looks delicious and that is healthy and that doesn't look far off from what I eat in my culture. So I'm like, yes, 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 and all of the yeses. So yes, follow. Oh, thank you. I'll I'll say hi. If you come follow me, I'll say hi. Don't be shy. Absolutely. All right, y'all. This is another amazing episode. Thank you so much, Naomi, for joining us. We are so appreciative to have you on. And uh, I have to. I'll be back in Brooklyn definitely more often now because it's going to start getting warmer. (laughs) 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 And so we have got to do another brunch because I'm sure you're going to drop another gem on me. So yeah. Just let me know, girl. I always have time for you. I am so grateful to be here with you on your podcast celebrating uh, 10,000 downloads. Is that right? Absolutely. Um, so yes, congratulations. I am so happy and proud of you. And thank you. I'm so grateful to be here with you. Awesome. Thank you, Naomi. And to our listeners, all of Naomi's info, including her Instagram and everything else she mentioned, is all in the show notes. So please go ahead and follow her. And if you know of anyone who can use Naomi's services or these great tips, make sure to share this podcast episode and Naomi's info. And until next time, see ya. That's all for today's show. Now that you know what you know, it's your move. So girl, get out there and make it. And if you have suggestions for topics you'd like me to talk about in the next episode, perhaps something that might help you get unstuck, then let me know by sending a DM on our Instagram page at her next career move. Don't forget to leave us a rating. And subscribe to the show to support our movement to flood the work world with dope women of color ready to take it over. I am a quitter, and I want you to be one too. Join the Professional Quitters, my exclusive group coaching program and community for women of color job seekers who are ready to hand in their resignation letters, quit the careers, jobs, and companies that are not aligned with their goals and values, and start making up to 50% more in their new paycheck. I want to teach you the foundations of quitting, and it starts with that new job. Get more info on the Professional Quitters group coaching program by clicking the link in the show notes. It's going to feel damn good when you finally quit. So let's get you there.